Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favorite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish dash tech dash news. Hi, welcome to today's Irish News Podcast. Today we're talking with Simon Ritter, CTO of Azul. How are you doing, Simon? I am doing very well, thank you very much. Great. Thank you for having me on the program. No problem. And happy New Year to you as well. Happy New Year to you too. Now, before we start, tell us a bit about your background so we know who you are. Yeah, so I've been in the IT industry for oh, many, many years now. Um, and in terms of the, the area that I work in at the moment, which is very much the Java side of things, I actually started at Sun Microsystems, who were the company that uh, initially developed Java. I started with them way back in 1996. And I spent 14 years working there until they got acquired by Oracle back in 2010. And so I spent another five years working at Oracle doing very much the same thing uh, on the Java side. And then uh, we decided to part ways and I joined Azul eight years ago now. So like I say, I feel very old at this moment. Yeah, but you, you spent a long time in Java. So you know Java as it's evolved over the years, which which is something you can say, yeah, I was there at the early years of Java. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So I've I've been it really not quite from the very beginning, but I, when I joined Sun, it was literally the same week that JDK one point zero was released. Yeah. So the the initial release, but the the first kind of formal release. Well, once the early, I'm talking about early years of basically uh, online because remember years ago you used to get Java applets, which mm-hmm. you don't anymore, yes. and you used to get that for, and then that substituted by Flash, and that's gone. But I remember back then, so. I'm thinking when he joined it, those things were just coming to being, and the internet was was just starting off, kicking off, and Java would have would have seen there's a market to go into. It was it was it was amazing because of course uh, you know people don't realise this nowadays when you look at web pages um, when the web started out it was all static so yeah. you know the, the very early browsers like Mosaic even before Netscape um, you know if, even if you wanted to view an image you had to launch a separate application outside the browser to view that image from the link um, so the, the, what we have nowadays with HTML5 and JavaScript and and all of those sorts of things is just a, a world apart yeah I remember those early days. And I remember the early version of the internet on what it was like. It was basically an upgraded version of, of a bulletin board, a kind of yes. a bit like a like CFAX used to be years ago in TV, like that, but better graphics. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you see, you and I are old enough to remember what CFAX is. Yeah, and I've now what? seen recently an ad on TV from McDonald's, and it's showing uh, graphics from 1980 CFAX on TV or, mm. or the equivalent on, on uh, Channel Four. I can remember that very well. I'm thinking. Oh my God, I, I, I can remember that ad bear because he used to have a TV with Teletext. And if you go elsewhere in the world, no one had that. It was, no. <laughs> it was not, Ireland in the UK adopted Teletext very easily. And I remember when we got TV in 83, parents got a new TV and a Teletext. And we thought, this is cutting edge. This is the future. <laughs> and what it was, it was basically a bit like Pressel in a way. And now basically what we have it is that became bulletin boards and then bulletin boards mm-hmm. are now what we got now. Exactly, yes. We've moved on a lot, haven't we? Yeah, we have. And technology's moved along so much because I remember back then, if you had a computer that could access it, you're probably looking at it would be 8 meg memory early computers at that time. I remember that. And right now, the one I've got at the moment is 16 gig of memory. So it's it's a hell of a a leap. It certainly is. Yeah, and the size as well, because back in those days, if you had a laptop, you might get an hour or two hours lucky back to life. Right now, you're getting Mm. 20 hours. 
That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Again, technology's moved on so much since those days. Yeah, and also um, back then as well, and even to, even till till uh, recently, stuff like Java and all that could be a killer on on on, uh, on, on your resources, but not anymore because I mean, modern machines, not an issue. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Because back in those days, machines had like, if you were lucky, eight megabytes of memory. Yeah. And so Java had to run in that. And as you say, it used to be uh, quite slow in those days. But we've we've come a long way from that in terms of improving the performance and the efficiency and so on. Yeah. And then I remember when we got into dial-up, and if we take it about ten minutes to download a one megabyte file. <laughs> yes. And nowadays we're not getting there. But even then, if you had a complex Java file on your system. That wouldn't deal in instantaneously. So you're trying to find ways. How do I get it that it loads up faster? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so getting back to you guys, what do you do in Azure? What does Azure actually do? So we are a company that focuses purely on Java. Um, and what we do is Java runtime specifically. So if people are out there and they're running Java applications, most of them are likely to be running them on their servers to do web servers and application servers and running all sorts of Spring Boot type applications, things like that. What we do is we deliver the the plumbing, if you like, so the, the runtime for those Java applications. And it's, it's called a Java development kit. So even though it's called the JDK, it actually is the, the runtime as well. And we do that to allow people two different kind of things. The first is that they can simply replace the Oracle JDK or another distribution of OpenJDK, so it's exactly the same. So it's just a cheaper alternative to what Oracle can provide. But the other side of our business is what we did originally, which is to improve the efficiency and the performance of Java. So we do a high-performance Java runtime, which we call Platform Prime. And that is the idea that if you're running mission-critical enterprise applications and you need more performance, if you're running in the cloud and you're finding that your cloud expenditure is getting too high and you want to try and reduce that, what we can do is we can provide you with our Java runtime. It means you can do more with the same resources, and that way you can reduce the number of instances you have in your cloud or you can you know, uh, reduce the size of the instances you have, and that way uh, you can reduce your cloud bill overall. So in a way, it's a bit like you're, recently when you go somewhere and you've got software, you develop, you have tests come in and they make it run faster. This is what you kind of do. You make your software run faster and quicker and make sure that because it's running faster and quicker, there's uh, less resources have been used and it saves you money. That's right, yes, because what we do is we change the things internally in terms of the Java virtual machine. Yeah. So rather than you having to change your code to improve the efficiency of it and trying to tune it and tweak it, or even trying to change the, the parameters that you use when you start up the Java runtime, what we do is change the way it works internally. We're more efficient, more efficient in terms of uh, things like what we call garbage collection, so that's the way memory management happens, the way that just-in-time compilation happens, that we can generate more heavily optimized code. And that way, when you run your application, you're actually getting better efficiency and, as you say, less resources for the same thing. And I guess because you guys know how, how your system works, it, it, it means you person buys it off the shelf. And behind the scenes, you guys are working to make sure it's always optimized for their, for their needs. That's right, yes. Yeah. So the great thing about this is that you, as a user, don't have to change anything other than the Java runtime that you're using. So there's no need to change your code. There's no need to recompile anything. No need to change any of the parameters or anything like that. You can simply drop in our Java runtime. It's exactly the same from the interface's point of view. It just runs faster. Just let's plug, plug and play more. Yeah, more it's like putting a faster engine in a car so yeah. that you, or a bigger engine in a car so you get more performance from it. 
Yeah, and uh, and as a person already knows the car, there's not an issue. The engine will just slot right in. Hopefully, if the engine is big enough, the engine will slot right in, and that, that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, that, that sounds like like cool. And also, I know that you guys, you you think that uh, as you graduate, should consider uh, should consider going into Java's programming. That's right. Yes, because of course, um, you know, uh, one of the things that we've seen is, is a big rise in languages like Python, because the whole idea of uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning and chat GPT and open yeah. AI and all those sorts of things. Python has become a very popular language. And a lot of people might think that, oh, well, you know, Python is the up and coming language. Java is now something which is on the decline. And should I really bother learning Java or should I move over to learning Python or other languages like that? And the answer is that, that Java is still just as important as it has been for the last nearly 30 years. I mean, it's hard to believe that it's nearly 30 years since Java was released. But um, although Python is very popular for certain applications, Java has many advantages when it comes to scaling up to the kind of workloads that people want to run when they're getting very successful in terms of running internet applications. So if you've got a web server or an application server, like I say, and you start running into you know tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands or millions of users, what you want is something that's going to scale. And Java is going to be able to do that for you. So it really is... A Sorry, go on, sorry, go on, yeah. I was going to say, so it really is a language which um, still has a lot of relevance in terms of the way that applications are developed today. And you just don't need to kind of worry about the, the language sort of dying. And, and there's a couple of things that I can look at as I travel around and talk to people that kind of reassures me that that yeah. is the case. Um, first of those things is that I go and I visit a lot of Java user groups. And this is sort of people who get together in the evenings and the weekends to educate each other, to share ideas about what's happening in Java and learn about these things. And one of the things you see there is that there's lots of people who do that. There's lots of people around the world who get together and, and have these meetings. Um, but also the other thing I notice when I go to a lot of these meetings is that there's always recruitment agents there. And there are people looking for Java developers who are maybe looking for a new job because when I talk to those recruiters, they say they, they just can't get enough Java developers to fill all the roles that they have. So there's clearly a big demand for developers to work on new projects as well as existing projects. Um, so there really is, is very much a, a demand for these kinds of skills. And the other thing that I like to sort of look at is when I travel around and I, I talk at conferences as well, and again, there's lots of conferences, lots of Java content that's being delivered there. So that indicates to me a lot of popularity. But the other thing I notice is when I look at the audience, I don't see an increase, a uh, dramatic increase in the amount of gray hair in the audience. Yeah. So you, you've definitely got younger people coming in, you know, graduating from university, moving into Java programming. About 12 years ago, I did a postgraduate diploma in cloud computing, and we did about eight different programming languages, but we didn't do Java. The main two we focused on was, dot, was C Sharp, .NET, and Ruby and Rails. And right, right now, yeah. I don't see many calling for Ruby and Rails developers. And I, I felt at the time, why weren't we doing Java? Because that was mm -hmm. that's one that's always going to be, be around. Yeah. yeah, Ruby on Rails was an interesting uh, kind of development because that, that sort of picked up, oh, it was quite a few years ago, and suddenly it became very, very hot and lots of people were using Ruby on Rails. And this is one of those great examples where, as I say, 
uh, a lot of people said, right, let's build our website using Ruby on Rails, build our applications, the back end using that technology. It works really well. It's great for that kind of thing. And then when they became more successful, what they discovered was that actually Ruby on Rails didn't scale the way that they needed it to. Yeah. And so we've seen a number of customers where they've gone, oh, yeah, we had Ruby on Rails, and then we got more successful. We needed to scale up to many more users, so we rewrote it in Java. Yes. <laughs> so uh, that, that's that. In college, yeah. we were doing the college, we were, we were told... Oh, Twitter was developed in Ruby and Rails. That's why it's yep. going to. That's why it's going to be big. But then looking back now, it's migrated from that. And I'm thinking we should have been with Java because because people right now think Java isn't sexy or cool, but I always thought it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's amazing when you actually look at this because. Um, when I talk to people outside of like computing industry and they say they, they ask me what I do for a living and I say, well, I work for this company called Azul and I do this thing called Java and they say, well, what is it? And I say it, it's very difficult to kind of explain, but the, the, the simplest explanation I have is that it's internet plumbing. Yeah. It's the stuff that you don't see behind the walls, but it helps everything kind of work. Um, and as you say, Twitter or X as it is now um, is a great example of that because as you quite rightly said, it it was originally developed in Ruby on Rails. And then when it became much more popular, they needed it to scale. And so they rewrote it using not just Java, but also Scala as well. But it was running on the the JVMs. That's the the big thing there is it's running on the Java virtual machine. And I know that I know a number of people at Twitter who are like, they actually have their own JVM team who worked on improving the efficiency of that. And because I, I still think that well, the Java to me is always going to be around as a language because it, it's always evolved and, and moved with time. So when internet came along, you know, Java like this, and then then when Twitter when when Twitter came along and we're doing stuff with with Ruby Rails, they then realized Ruby Rails is, is not is not going to be useful to upgrade stuff. People started moving from Ruby Rails to Java, so Java's always been relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and as you say, it's going to be around for for decades to come because you only have to look at how many um, applications there are still running in COBOL yeah. to to realize that uh, with the the sheer volume of Java applications there are in use at the moment, that it, it isn't going to disappear anytime soon. And, and as I say, we're still seeing lots of people developing applications, new applications that that use the Java runtime. Um, you know, we we have. Sort of like a, the idea of when you look around and you think about your day, uh, you go to Starbucks, you buy a coffee, you use your loyalty card there. That's using Java yeah. at the back end. You watch Netflix, that's using Java on the back end. You know, you use your MasterCard, you use your Visa, yeah. that's using Java on the back end. Um, all of these these things are using Java at some point on the the, the, the server side to deliver the, the content that people need. Remember years ago, I did COBOL back in your 90s in college. And and uh, COBOL at that point was mainly used on a bank machine. You go to an ATM, and banks still use COBOL because nothing's has replaced it. It's still there doing stuff like that, but yeah. it won't be. And Java to me is kind of like that, and also a bit like Unix. Unix is always going to be around; won't, won't be replaced. <laughs> yes. Like right now, I've I've got a Mac, and the uh, the, the Mac OS, which is basically based on XRX, is actually based on Unix. That's right. And it's yes, more secure, it... and Java secure as well. Yes. Absolutely, because as you rightly say, the uh, the Mac operating system was was based on uh, the BSD, the Berkeley so- Software Distribution version of Unix. Yeah. Uh, because before I worked for Sun, I actually worked for AT and T. Yeah. Uh, and I worked in the Unix system laboratories, part of Bell Labs, doing development of the Unix operating system. So yeah, I have a, a real soft spot for that. 
Yeah, because I remember years ago, I, 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 well, first when I college in the early 90s, I was, I was programming, learned to program on digital backs and all that, and, like, and all that. I'm thinking that that kind of stuff hasn't gone away. It's still around, but we don't see it as much. It's all in the background, but it's still there, still relevant, like Java will be. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because I'm looking right now at Java, I'm thinking, that, like I mentioned basically what, what, what Apple done, and Apple's, Apple based their OS on, on Next, because Next was a better OS than what Apple had at the time. And that was basically based on 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 just but was based on on a Unix based system as well, with 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 a, with a GUI with Unix with a GUI, and also you got to remember that the first version of internet w- was developed on a next computer. Yes. <laughs> so that says something. So when you got the very very basic stuff, it was all next. And then again, you look right now, and all throughout the development of the internet, Java has been 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 along the way in the coattails, been involved in some way or another. Like Unix. That's has. right. And yep. always will be. I don't think Java is ever going to go away, but other languages will will just come and go. Mm-hmm. That's right. And one of the nice things about the the Java environment is that even if you don't necessarily want to use the Java programming language, you can use languages like Kotlin. You can use languages like Scala, um, Clojure. There's many other languages that will compile into bytecode. So you can still get the advantages of the JVM and that, that performance and that scalability, yeah. but you don't necessarily have to write your applications in the Java programming language. Um, even though Java is, is a very good language, lots of people like it, some people want to use other languages, uh, but you can still take advantage of the underni- underlying uh, aspects of the technology. Yeah, to me, that's very important that you can you don't have to be a programmer in Java to use it. Exactly. Because at times in the past, if we use in certain language, there's no way you can, you, you can move it around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm going back to years ago with machine code and basic. I can remember those languages. That shows how old I am. <laughs> yes. Like I first started yep. programming in 1980 and a VIC-20 with 8K memory and basic language. And that's showing, <laughs> that, that's showing how old I was. And at that time, it was the first color, color home computer. And at that point... It, Normally, to get a computer that could do that stuff, you're talking about a computer that would be in a big, huge room, mainframe room. That's right. So I got that. And then a second later, I got an Atari ST, which had the first computer, one meg memory and a MIDI port. So I, uh, I, yes. I moved along. I moved along. Yeah, and I remember all those very well. And I found memories of that. I learned programming in those computers. But times have changed. Yeah, that, that was real programming, wasn't it? Because my, my first computer that I had uh, was a, a Tandy TRS-80. I remember those. Model 1. Yeah, it affected yeah. one of those, yeah. And you got that 16 in there. 16 kilobytes of memory. It was that bought in, in Radio Shack. That's it, yeah. yeah. I remember that very well because my one of friends had one of those. And at that point, when he, he had that, I still had my uh, VIC-20. And mm-hmm. I said, oh, yeah, well, I'm looking to, to uh, upgrade my computer. So, I mean, it was either going to be Commodore Amiga or it was going to be the Atari ST. With the Commodore Amiga, we didn't get that because it had the bulky power pack he had with, with, with the Commodore, which was annoying. But right. Atari ST did have that. Atari ST basically, they had a version, they had their own operating system, which was called, it's basically run by a company called Gem. It was also available on, 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 a, on a Windows PC, and they called it a Jackintosh because they owned Jack Trammell. It was basically, <laughs> it was a copy of, of, of what Mac could do, more or less, except it wasn't a color. Because in those days, Mac wasn't a color. Mm-hmm. And I remember oh, yes, that very of course. Well. Yeah. yeah. So it's 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 nice to, to to look back on that and think, well, this is what I started on, and look what we're using now. Because right right now, if you think about the early programming languages, like hello, you like hello world, you do that in three mm. lines, and and that and now it's it's all got more complex. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yeah. 
it's just one thing that I, I always find interesting that I, that how Jab has managed to stay relevant and hasn't died away. That's mm. that's something that tells me it's a good language. Yes, and and that's another very good point as to why Java has maintained its popularity is because, um, and I have to be very complimentary about Oracle in this respect, is that when they acquired Sun, like I say, back in 2010, they could have just said, okay, well, we've got Java, Java's very popular, we'll just kind of leave it as it is and let it very slowly develop, uh, not put a great deal of effort into it. But they haven't done that. They've actually kept a lot of the engineering team from the Sundays are still there. They're still working on making sure that the, the Java platform and the Java language maintains its relevance to the way that people develop applications today. And so we've seen, you know, if you take like from even JDK 8, we had the introduction of lambdas and streams, which meant we had a more functional style of programming. But then more recently, they switched this idea of a release of Java every six months. And that's led to more new features being added to the language than we've ever seen uh, at any other point in its history. So it really does enable developers to still say, oh, yeah, you know, there's new features coming. I really want to use that. And one of the things that that specifically is is very interesting from the point of view of when we look at artificial intelligence and Python and that sort of thing, is there's a a big project called Project Panama. Yeah. That's all about how to interact with non-Java libraries, which is what you need if you're going to do AI programming on, on Java. So I think that, you know, over the next few years, we'll see a lot more use of Java in those AI programming, machine learning, chat GPT type of things. Um, and people will not necessarily have to use Python all the time. Well, I, I guess basically when Sun bought, uh, when Sun was bought over, Oracle realised that this language is so popular and it can be it can be used by many different uh, people. Different different mm. languages can, can go into it. And said, why why would we buy something? We bought Sun because of Java, and we're yes. suddenly we're not. And I might think, well, Java might be seen as as a competitor, but we're thinking it's not. We're going to have mm. a start division that just does that because it's still popular, still being used. Why kill it off? Yes, exactly. And if you look at AI, AI is now becoming more, more popular. And if you if you've got the ability to uh, able to uh, merge AI with with Java, that's going to be the future of Java. I think mm-hmm. more so. I agree. Yeah, that that would certainly be a big area where I think Java will be used more and more. Especially when you've got different machine learning languages as well, and all that, and and once it do that because Java right now is very fast and easy to use, but with AI that's what you need. Mm-hmm. You need fastness. You need the ability to be agile as well. Exactly. Yes. And I, I can just I can just see basically in twenty years time we'll be sitting here again chatting about how Java stood around and maybe Java it'll be a future version of Java but it'll still be around it still exists because I can't see Java ending anytime soon. No, definitely not. I'm I'm very confident that uh, Java is, is certainly going to outlast my career. <laughs> so I'll be retired long before Java. Yeah, I can see uh, your kids and grandkids uh, learning to use Java. Yes. And they were looking back and they're going, I can't believe back in those days you had Java applets. <laughs> when right now, you something I can't believe those days there was no AI. Because I can see in future you're going to have an ability where the AI will be able to program the Java for you and, mm-hmm. and, and tell you, recommend what you need to do to make it better. 
Yes. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing a lot of that already with the sort of like uh, code pilot yeah. uh, type of things that people are integrating with uh, the uh, IDEs and uh, GitHub and various things like that. Yeah, it's it's going to become more and more that case. Yeah, because I can see right now with people are now going to it and saying, can you program, can you write me a little program that does something? And then within a bit, whatever it takes to do very quickly, you suddenly get these lines of code. Mm. And that's going to be the same with Java. That'll be happening with Java as well. Yes. I guess the, the, the problem you then have is is how much do you trust the AI, certainly initially, to write code that's reliable and actually do what you expect it to do? Well, see, so the thing for me is it's, it's about who programmed the AI in the beginning. The person who programmed it, that's what it's, it's going to be based on. Yes. It's like if you get, if you get someone like Hitler to program AI, you know, for example, it's going, to, it's, it's going to have tendencies to act like Hitler would, would act like. So if you know the person behind it and know, know the personality and everything, oh, are they empathetic? Are, are they a nice person? Are they, are they an evil person you don't want to deal with? Once you know all that, you then say, yes, I can trust the AI because the person I'm dealing with won't turn in, into HAL. You know, the HAL-based system taking over. Or like Lawnmower Man, for example, as well. You want exactly, something, yes. You want something that basically you know you can trust. And the, the right now is if people are still wary of, of AI, how do you make them trust it? By making sure the system is built so they can trust it. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's like basically right now I've got a, uh, an iPhone 13 and, and built in Siri. And Siri does so much more than it used to do. Siri <laughs> is now like, like my own personal PA. And we uh, yes. well, wasn't, and, and, uh, and as you get more, is there's more and more like that. You, you mm. trust it more. You, it's, that's great. I trust it more because it's it's doing what I want to do, and it, it's it's giving me no reason to 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 be alarmed. Like you know, exactly, yes, like, yeah. But you know, it, but it is as you say. It's is where does the original programming come yeah. from? That that then leads into the results that you're going to get from that. And so it's the 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 old adage of garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you don't have good inputs, then the outputs are not going to be necessarily as good as you want. Yeah, because you don't. The world suddenly been ruled by Skynet. <laughs> no. <laughs> which which anything which which you don't know because right now AI is getting so advanced. Right now it's like Moore's law. Every eighteen months it's expanding so much. I can't believe what it, what it can do now. Mm -hmm. and, oh, definitely, and yes. And I imagine if, if you're somewhere and the whole thing is AI-controlled, and you're not talking to a real person, you're talking to an AI-based being that could be sentient. That's right, yeah. And, and that, that's when you get into a whole different conversation, isn't it, about yeah. uh, you know the, the Turing test and can you tell the difference between a, an artificial intelligence and a real human being? Yeah, or like... In the, what the, is sentience? Yeah, during the, the, the Wizard of Art test as well. You don't mm. know if it's real or not. And then suddenly it says in the bottom, a little, little small print, powered by Java. That's right. And then you know, okay, this, is, this isn't that bad because Java is something you can trust. Definitely. Yeah. So before we finish off, do you have any predictions of where you, of anything that Java might do in the next couple of years that's going to be groundbreaking? I'm not so sure about groundbreaking. I mean, one of the things about Java is that, that the development has been very steady. Yeah. Um, and that's what developers like. Um, you know, again, if you, if you look at Python, you've got the Python 2, Python 3 moment yeah. where they, they went from version 2 to version 3 and they made some radical changes to the way that Python worked and it really broke a lot of compatibility for code. 
And that led to a lot of people, you know, having a lot of work to do to make their applications that already worked, work on a new yeah. version of Python. What we don't want to do is the same thing with Java. People want consistency. They want that gradual evolution. So they're getting those new features, but they're added in such a way that it doesn't affect the running of applications that they've already developed because there are so many of them in existence. Yeah. So I'm very happy with the way that Java is being developed. Um, as I say, we've got a lot of people like Brian Gertz and Mark Reinhold who are the Oracle employees who sort of drive a lot of the direction of that. Um, I'm personally involved because I'm on the what's called the Java SE expert group. Yeah. Um, I'm part of the, um, I'm involved in the Open JDK and the JCP. So I think that the way that Java is developing is in a very controlled way. Um, a nice evolutionary way. So I don't think that we're going to see radical changes over the next couple of years. I think we'll just see an extension of, of more and more applications that are written in Java. Uh, and as I say, especially in that machine learning, chat GPT yeah. kind of AI space. Because you mentioned Python 2, Python 3. Now, if somebody was using Python 2 and sitting told just Python 3 and it's so radically different, they have to relearn how to use it. They're going to go, why, mm. am I, why am I going to, why should I be doing that? And with exactly. Java, because yeah. Java has been slowly evolved over the years, mm. people are, are slowly moving along, and every time there's a new upgrade, there isn't much to learn. That's right. That's what you want to yeah. like. It, it, they might say, we're going to change slightly how it works, but not to the extent you're going to be pulling your hair out. That's right. And that's what developers want. They don't want to have to go through a lot of extra work just to move it from one version to another. They want to be able to say, okay, I can move my application. It'll work in exactly the same way. And then as I make changes to my code or develop new code, I can use those new features as and when I want to. And that's the way it's working. And developers are very happy with that. Yeah, because to me, it, 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 you got to buy the people in, bring them, bring them along the journey. And if at one point you're not doing that, Mm -hmm. it, that's why room rails isn't popular anymore because it can only go so far. And mm -hmm. if if they were to go and radically change it to make it more adaptable, it, it wouldn't work. Yes. And Java's managed to keep it simple. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, so James Gosling, who was the uh, they, they describe him as the father of Java. He was kind of the the inventor, if you like, of the Java programming language. Yeah. He always described it as a blue collar programming language because it was. It wasn't an academic exercise. It was about writing a language that could get the job done. And the, we've really held true to that sort of initial idea through the development. It's all about how do we get the job done in the best way without making it overly complicated, without making it difficult to learn. And again, I think they've succeeded very well in doing that. Well, I guess it, you're lucky you have good custodians in an Oracle who've maintained what you've had all along. And that's what you need because I mean, you don't have a scenario mm. where after a while, custodian buys over a company, and after a while, they decide. Like, I'll give you, like, for example, if Google buys over a company, after a while, you suddenly realize getting the bought, bought over. We bought them over for a, for a certain check they're using, but we're going to say by, by the products that they're making and just mm -hmm. slowly evolve into our products. Mm. For example, I'm not, I'm not going to go in detail of Vicky Wap, but you kind of get an idea. In the wearable space, for example, people are doing that all the time, buy over a company, and suddenly the wearable company that, that they thought they had is, is no longer there as such anymore. Exactly. Yes, and I, I, I'm just, I'm just glad that basically people like you, evangelists, are out there preaching the word of Java to the world. Let them know, Java's here. Java's safe. Java's cool. Java won't go away. Exactly. That, that, that's that, that's really the message I want to get across. Is that uh, yeah, Java is is still very relevant to application development. It's evolving in a very controlled way. It's uh, it, you can trust it, um, and you can rely on it. Yeah, because I because we look at it right now, you can always say. 
why Java is sexy and why Java is cool because it, it's always been used, but you've got to make sure the person who wants to learn to use it don't, don't feel like they're geeks and nerds. They think, yeah, this is cool. This is the language to be using. Mm. It's like be there, be square, more or less. That's right. Yeah. So before we finish up, anything else you want to add to the podcast or you, th- you think you've, you've mentioned enough? I, I think we've pretty much covered all of it yeah. uh, today. We've had a uh, good discussion on uh, where Java's been, where Java's going, yeah. uh, and its, its relevance in the world. And for me, I just say one more thing. Java is not just coffee. It's also a programming language. Definitely. People might, might think of it as. So next time you're looking for a cup of Java, it's not just that. So on that note, I'll say thanks for a great conversation, Simon, and uh, have a great day. Enjoy great. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.